Okay, we're back. We're doing it. Um, I'm so excited for another episode. And thank you all for your understanding and it being a little more delayed than I would have liked. I feel like I had a really hard week this past week just with the grief and everything and only sharing that to say that it's really important to me to be in the right headspace whenever I come on here and I just wasn't. And so I felt like I needed to take that time to just, you know, focus on my own healing and also just praying into everything I feel like I have to share today. I feel like it's been a topic that I've been pressing into for about two weeks now and just really excited to um, kind of open up this dialogue with you all and hope that it's a blessing to you as always. That's just my greatest heart for all of this and I, yeah, I'm super excited. Honestly, maybe a little nervous, but also just really excited because I feel like it is a topic that I have walked in the journey of it for a really long time and it's looked a lot of different ways and I've learned a lot of different things. And like I always say, my greatest heart in all of this in this podcast is that I can help you learn the things that I wish I could have learned and help you talk about the hard things and um, go those places because maybe sometimes it's not talked about enough, especially the topic that we are talking about today. There's nothing like a second podcast episode to start talking about purity. Um, And purity is definitely a multifaceted word. I feel like the Bible talks about purity a ton in many different ways. Um, Not always regarding sexual purity, but also just pure heart and pure mind. And I, I do think it's really important to the Lord because he makes it clear in the word. And we'll get into the scripture a little bit later. I feel like I don't even know where to start with this. Like I said, I am not really scripting the podcast too much just because I feel like if I did that, it would limit what maybe God wants to do or speak through me. And that's just, I feel like how I work best. So I do have some notes in front of me just because there's so much to talk about. And I foresee this episode maybe being long or actually I don't even know. Maybe it'll be short. Maybe it'll be long. We'll see. I seriously have no clue. Um, but I'm really excited and I feel like I'm just dragging it on. So let's get into it. Okay. So we are talking about purity and to be more specific, purity and dating sexual purity, what that looks like for Christians, what the Bible says about it, what I feel like I've learned about it. Um, And to just start off, I'll kind of just share my perspective and where I'm coming from with it all. I was um, definitely raised in a Christian household, but it wasn't really talked about. Um, And I actually had like a really beautiful conversation with my mom years ago um, where we kind of talked about it and she just said, like, I wish I would have talked about it more. Um, and yeah, just kind of shared with me her heart with that. But when I was in probably seventh grade, I randomly (laughs) for Christmas was given a purity ring from my parents with little to no explanation. And it was the sweetest gift ever. And probably one of the most profound and meaningful gifts I've ever gotten But I remember just being like, wait, what is this? And it had this little piece of paper and it was like, my name is 
Macy Dunnigan and I commit to walking out purity with the Lord and saving myself for marriage. And before I had gotten this ring, I had already made that decision in my heart. But gosh, what was I like 13 when I made that decision? And so obviously I didn't really know what it meant. I think I had just heard about it, read about it in the Bible, knew that it was something I wanted to do, maybe because the idea of having sex with someone terrified me as it should at that age. But um, I, it was just something I knew I wanted to do. And so getting this purity ring wasn't like, news to me it was like oh okay so I wear this now and like when people ask me what this ring is like I have to tell them it was kind of that thing but I was so excited to get it it was such a meaningful gift my parents were really excited to give it to me and they made it really special and I was so grateful for that um and gosh I wore that purity ring that same purity ring for I don't know how old was I in seventh grade. I don't even know, but I wore it up until I got engaged last October. So I wore that ring every single day. And I went through seasons with that ring where people would ask me what it was. And I was like, oh, it's just a ring I got from Forever 21. And I was ashamed of it, honestly. It never, my decision to save myself never wavered in my heart, but I was always scared to tell people what it was. But I was so glad I had it. I feel like it, really operated beautifully for me as a reminder and it was a big part of my story and what this purity journey looked like for me and so I had that ring and what's funny is that I always dreamt of whenever I got engaged that the man I would marry would have to take it off of my ring finger because I wore it on my left ring finger like where my wedding ring now is when he proposed And when Blake proposed, gosh, I could cry thinking about it. Um, He took it off and it was such a beautiful moment. And I was, it was like my dream come true. Like I, I did it. I had worn it. It had kept me, you know, in that place of reminding me what I was fighting for because it wasn't always easy. And Blake took it off and he like joked that he like threw it in the snow. I, We still have it because we dream of giving it to our daughter one day, but he was really excited to take it off. Obviously, it didn't really mean anything yet, but it was just really sweet to then put my engagement ring on. And so I could probably go on and on about that all day long. Um, But yeah, that was just a really sweet moment. So my journey, obviously, I had this ring and... But this ring wasn't like, it didn't have superpowers where it just kept me, you know, out of temptation or desire or those situations that I maybe could have stumbled in. It didn't have superpowers. It was a reminder and I don't know what I would have done without it. Obviously, like, I don't think everyone needs to have a purity ring, but it was what really worked for me. And so I'm so glad I had it. But, you know, when I was in high school, It wasn't like old news that I was saving myself for marriage. I feel like when the conversation came up with friends or whatever, I wasn't scared to tell people that I was doing that. I mean, I did get a lot of backlash. Like, I feel like I was made fun of, um, which is fine. I mean, I feel like if you don't, apart from like knowing the word of God and knowing the lifestyle that Jesus calls us to, it does sound foolish to the world. Like, why would you do that? Why would you wait? Like, life's too short to wait. And so 
I don't think I could ever judge someone <laughs> for making fun of me just because I feel like if you don't understand, it does look foolish. And so I kind of, I mean, I did hold my ground. I am proud of high school Macy, I guess, in some ways because I wasn't really ashamed to talk about it. And I did have a couple girls around me who were also saving themselves. Um, and so it was good to have that person to walk with and to hold you accountable and to just be there to talk with you. I feel like that is really important. And so if you don't have that, like I would love to be that for you. And I hope that this podcast just serves as a way for you to feel like, you know, you can learn and I can impart some wisdom and things I learned to you so you don't have to learn the hard way. And I'm always here, always here. Um, And so, yeah, I wasn't really ashamed of it, but there were definitely moments where I feel like, you know, I could have done better. I feel like every single time I stumbled and, you know, gave a little bit more of myself to a guy than I wish I would have, it was almost out of obligation, which is really sad to say, but it's also a reality for a lot of women. And so my greatest, 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 greatest heart is that if you get anything out of this podcast, just know you're not obligated to give anyone anything and your purity is beautiful. And I'll get into that a little more later. But um, I did date this guy for a long time in high school And I remember people would come up to me and be like, why haven't you slept with him yet? Like, or are you going to, you guys have been together a long time. Like, are you going to? And it would literally feel like my skin would start to crawl. And I would, I don't, I don't even honestly remember what I would say, but I hope that I would, you know, say no. And obviously I never did, but the, you know, the chatter around me and the pressure around me was so real and it was so there. And, um, I feel like there are some moments in my journey where, you know, I definitely had some like trauma of feeling a little pressured to do things I didn't want to do. Um, and definitely like had to work through all of that with the Lord and give that to him and renew myself again and again. Um, I never did have like Blake, my husband was the first person, obviously, but, um, there were moments where I'm like, oh, like it probably could have happened. Like it was, you know, it wasn't a good situation and it was something I wish I could have pulled myself out of sooner. Um, but I, you know, I would just go on my knees before the Lord and ask for forgiveness and repent because constantly I would feel convicted by the Holy Spirit, which is a beautiful thing. I always say, um, shame is not from the Lord. It's from the enemy and conviction is from the Holy Spirit. And it's a beautiful thing. So if, if you feel the Holy Spirit convicting you, that is a beautiful invitation into more with Jesus. But if you feel shame, that is not from him and that is not your portion. Um, and so I just want you to know that too. But, um, so yeah, I wish I could have walked it out better in a lot of moments, but I'm also proud of myself in a lot of moments too, because it was a constant laying down of what the world was telling me to do and maybe what my desires were in some moments and choosing to die to my flesh and pick up my cross and choose the things that were, you know, that God was calling me to, honestly. I And another crazy thing, and I actually, when I was Prepping for this podcast, I actually had completely forgotten that I did this. But 
when I was probably 16, I remember I was like talking with my mom or something. She'll, she will always be a, you know, important part of, I feel like every podcast I do, I feel like every podcast I've done, I've talked about my mom and I always will. Um, but she, I remember I was like, mom, I feel like God's inviting me to start writing. And I was probably 16 at this point. Um, like I said, and, um, she was like about what? And I remember we were traveling somewhere. We were in some airport and I was like, I think about saving myself for marriage. My mom was like, Whoa, Mace, like that's beautiful. Like you, so you, so should, if you feel like God's calling you into that. And I remember being like, okay, dang, I think I should. And we were getting in an Uber to like go somewhere. I wish I remembered where we were. Um, but we were at the airport and like when we were grabbing our bags, I like said this to her that I felt like God was asking me to write. And by the time we had like rode in our Uber and got into our hotel, I had already written something, um, about saving myself for marriage. And I just want to, I had it pulled up. I just want to read it because I, um, honestly, it was like really profound to read this morning because my words when I was 16, I feel like mean more to me now than they ever have. So let me pull this up. And I promise we're going to get into like everything I learned in a bit. I just wanted to preface it with kind of like my journey. So you guys knew where I was coming from, but okay, let me find it. Like, I can't believe I wrote this when I was 16 and then published it for my whole high school to read. (laughs) I like laugh at that now, but I'm like, okay, I'm proud of this version of me, but dang, she was, she was bold. Um, okay. So I wrote, all right, well, to start off, this isn't something that I ever thought I would talk about nor share on a post like this, but I have recently felt like it's something I'm being called to share. If you look on my left ring finger, you will always see a ring that is engraved with the words saved heart. It is my purity ring. I used to be so embarrassed by it, thinking that my friends would judge me for it or laugh behind my back about how it was stupid. I'm not afraid of that anymore, which is why I think I'm in a better place to share. It was Christmas. I was probably in seventh grade and I opened the last present under the tree. It was one of those presents that you had shook around the week prior to Christmas trying to figure out what it could possibly be, but nothing moved or made a sound. I have always been quite the investigator when it came to opening presents, but this one I just couldn't figure out. When I opened it, I saw a Bible verse, and it has stuck out to me ever since. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, and what is acceptable and perfect. Romans 12, 2. Inside of this box was a ring that signified a pure, saved heart, a ring that had a meaning that I don't think I was capable of understanding back in middle school, but I was so grateful to receive. There's not a day that has gone by that I haven't worn my purity ring, but up until this past year, the meaning was lost and it was just another accessory to me. I was embarrassed by it, and oftentimes when people would ask, I would lie and tell them that it was just a cute ring I had gotten. I hate that I did that, but I did. But the worst part of it all was that I told myself that I would never be able to save myself for marriage. I told myself that it was impossible and it was it was unrealistic because that's what society around me has shown me. Just a little disclaimer, it's not impossible. 
I don't know how I knew that then, but I, I was right. It's not impossible. <laughs> um, and it's not unrealistic. And that is something I had only recently learned. I don't know how I learned that, but I guess I did. There were days when I just wanted to take it off and put it in storage in a storage box in my closet. I honestly wanted to just forget about it sometimes, but I didn't. God tells us in his word that sex is reserved for marriage. He asks us to yield our hearts for the one who will meet us at the altar one day. As a teenage girl, my Pinterest boards are filled with wedding decor and extravagant gowns that I drool over. I have been planning my dream wedding since I said my first word, it feels like. I think about that day and I get excited, but I think about the boy who will be standing at the end of the aisle and I get even more excited. I am saving myself for that moment. I'm saving myself for that guy. I have so many hopes and dreams about what he will be like, but I have this feeling that he will exceed all of those hopes and dreams. And yes, he has. Oh gosh, this makes me emotional. Um, I hope he loves the Lord more than me, but I hope that I'm a close second. I hope he waited for me like I will wait for him. I hope that the wait will be worth it and that God will forever be at the center of our relationship. I'm not going to lie and say that it has been easy or it will be easy. It definitely hasn't and I will continue to struggle. I'm learning that you cannot allow the Lord into one part of your life and exclude him from the other. I'm giving him my whole messy, confused heart and hoping that this boy will be worth it, but I know he will be. Some days I struggle and wish I had a boy in my life to fall hopelessly in love with. I wish that I had a boy that could buy me flowers for no reason other than that he was thinking about me. I see my friends, I see their boyfriends, and sometimes I do feel alone. But as soon as those thoughts come in my head, they leave faster than they came because I know God's love is more deep, real, and genuine than any love in the world, and I want to follow him first. This isn't going to be a boring way into those who constantly ask me why. My answer to you is because there is someone out there who God specifically made for me, and I cannot wait to meet him. God isn't asking me to wait because he wants me to experience the struggles and doubts that are undoubtedly associated with waiting until marriage that I have definitely come to know, but he asks us to wait because what we are waiting for is so meaningful. I don't want to give a piece of my heart nor my body to someone who isn't committed to me permanently. I'm not about to do that. And I'm not writing this to shame anyone who has had premarital sex. I'm not in a position to say or tell someone that. I never will be. I'm writing this because I've been compelled to share this part of my life. I never anticipated talking about this commitment I have chosen to make with the Lord with anyone. But here I am. I wrote that when I was 16. And I feel like, gosh, I feel like my heart is still, I guess, the very same in that I, back then I had this, you know, excitement and anticipation that it would be worth it. And now married, however many years later, gosh, that probably seven or eight years later, it was worth it and it will forever be worth it. And my heart is to just communicate that to you the best that I possibly can, that it is worth it. And I think it's so cool that I was just talking about, you know, I hope my husband um, loves the Lord more than he loves me. And I hope my husband has waited for me like I wait for him. And I can tell you that he did. And God is so good because there were so many moments that it was really hard for me to choose that in the quiet place and choose to save myself in the quiet place and, you know, get ridiculed and shamed for it. But 
I did it and it was worth it. And God was so faithful. It wasn't always easy, but God gave me strength and he was so faithful and everything. And what I waited for was so worth it. And I would do it again and again and again and again. I seriously would. I would do it a million times over. And I know Blake would do the same. And before I started recording today, I actually just um, asked him really briefly um, if he had anything he wanted to share and had anything he wanted to, um, you know, chime in on in the topic because obviously it was a walk that we did together and he wanted to share. Let me find it. Okay, I found it. He shared that letting go of your purity is not worth the temporary satisfaction. You are all worth way more than that. And if it's the right person, they will wait with you and for you. And I thought it would be beautiful to kind of bring a man's perspective into this just so you all could just know how worthy you are from a male's perspective. And I'll never forget. Um, and I have some questions that um, you guys asked that I'll answer towards the end, but, and some of them were about this topic. So maybe I'll answer them a little bit now, but, um, Blake and I, we met when we were 18 and I feel like everything happened really quick. Like we met one week and then the next week we were sitting on a mountain and crying with each other and sharing that we were both wanting to wait for marriage and had saved ourselves. Um, and I'll never forget that because it was like I had fallen in love with Blake before I knew that about him. And I was just trusting God that, you know, I that he had the perfect man for me. And regardless of, you know, anything that Blake had done or whatever, I was already sold on him because God made it so clear. But hearing it come out of Blake's mouth that, you know, he was he was a virgin. He was saving himself. And we were on the same page with that was a really beautiful thing. But that's not to say that we didn't have difficulties with it because I was Blake's first kiss, which is literally, I think it's the cutest thing ever. And he may be angry that I just <laughs> shared that, but I truly, it's like one of my favorite parts of our story. And that wasn't the case for me. I wish it would have been, but I had a little bit more of a lengthy past than Blake did. And I had to tell Blake everything, not because he asked me to, but because I felt like I wanted to. I wanted to lay it all out on the table so that, you know, nothing was left under the rug. And we talked about everything so that we could move on and not talk about it ever again. And I shared with him, I'm like, I worked with the Lord to regain my purity and get it back because, and I, we'll talk about this. I have so much I want to talk about. Um, We'll talk about that, what that looks like in a sec, but um, I had shared with him, I'm like, I have fought hard with the Lord to work through all of this and get to a place where I do feel like I'm set free from it. I'm set free from the shame that I felt, the guilt I felt, maybe the trauma I felt when I was pressured into things I didn't want to do. And I laid that all out on the table. I'll never forget that night with Blake. And I think we both cried and it was just like a really beautiful moment where I'm like, this is who I am. And like, there's absolutely no room for shame or judgment because God has forgiven me. And Blake was able to just love me from that place, which was really, really amazing. 
Um, and also I feel like a good transition now would be to say that if you have fallen, if you've done things that you wish you could take back, if you have slept with someone outside of marriage, it is never, ever, ever, ever too late to allow God to renew your purity and to start afresh. It is seriously never too late. I have heard far too many stories about God redeeming people's purity and making them new and the beauty that he makes from their ashes to believe that he does anything less than restore, renew, and make things better than they were before. And so I seriously have heard so many testimonies of people, you know, who lost their virginities before marriage or lost them in a way that was really traumatizing and worked through it with the Lord and was able to get to this place where they honestly felt so born again that they honestly felt like they had never, ever done anything like that. And I believe that's who God is. And I believe that that's his portion for his people. And so if you feel like you want, you know, want to work through that with the Lord and don't know where to start, please message me. And I would love to walk that out with you. Um, it's never too late and no one is ever too far gone for the grace and mercy and forgiveness of God. So I just want you to know that. And honestly, just like, I can't, like, I cannot emphasize it enough, but Blake and I will both agree till the day we die that waiting for marriage was seriously the greatest thing we ever chose to do for our relationship. Um, obviously second to following Jesus, but it truly was like our wedding night was the, I'm not going to go into too much depth, but it was so beautiful and so holy and such honestly a moment of worship and adoration to the Lord and gratefulness and thankfulness and everything because it was obviously a fight that we fought hard. I mean, we dated for four and a half years and so dating for that long I mean, obviously, you know, we're not perfect and we would probably redo some things a little differently, but I am so proud of us and we did really, really fight for boundaries and what that looked like for us was constantly going on our knees before the Lord and asking the Holy Spirit to lead us and show us what our boundaries needed to be and then ask the Lord for strength to abide by them. Um, and what I really struggled with, um, in dating. And I remember a really beautiful conversation my sister and I had where I honestly just kind of cried to her. And I was like, Lex, the Bible doesn't really talk about dating. Like, I feel like there's just this, I have so many questions and I don't really get it. And the Bible doesn't really give us instructions about dating. Obviously there is scripture about, you know, um, sexual immorality and not, you know, the marriage bed and all of that stuff. But there was no dating instructions, and so I didn't really know what to do, but I feel like God began to work with me, and obviously it's not a place that we stay. It's not a place that we're meant to remain as believers. It's a temporary place, so I feel like that could maybe be a reasoning why the Bible doesn't talk about it that much, but also if you're dating with the intent of marriage, there's so much that we can pull from what a godly marriage looks like and begin to practice it in dating. Um, and so, and, and the fact that the Bible is clear that premarital sex is a sin that does separate us from God. Like that's not my words, that's the Bible's words. And so I knew that, and I knew 
And I also knew that boundaries can be really healthy and from the Lord. And I also knew that I should love God more than I love Blake. And I should follow God first and follow Blake second. And so with all of those things in mind, I feel like that really helped me dating in my dating season. But it is really hard because the Bible doesn't talk about it that much. And so um, I it was a constant journey. And honestly, you know, I Blake and I, I feel like we fought really, really hard to preserve our purity, but we could have done more because I do believe that, you know, purity isn't just talking about sex. Like, I feel like it's it also is talking about all the things before that. And I'm not going to sit here and <laughs> say like, don't kiss before marriage because I don't know what the Bible says about stuff like that, which is why I am telling you that if you're questioning what your boundaries should be, you need to go to the Holy Spirit and let him show you and let him convict your heart in the ways that only he can so that you can walk out that path that he has for you. I could never sit here and tell you what that looks like, but I could tell you that Blake and I, we really tried to not be alone. We really tried to not um, alone in the sense of like, you know, if it's for a prolonged period of time and late at night or just not put ourselves in those situation situations. Um, we really tried to not like lay in the same bed together. Um, we would try to like keep the door open always if we were in one of our bedrooms. Um, we did travel, you know, a handful of times when we were dating and we would, it's so funny, we would get two beds in the same room. And I'm honestly proud of us for how we did and like, obviously maybe sometimes we snuck over to the other person's bed to like snuggle or something. But like, I, I think we both could just laugh thinking about us like on, I remember we went to Chicago for one of our anniversaries and we like paid extra, like it would have been way cheaper for us to just get a room that had like one bed. And we were like, absolutely not. Like we cannot do that. We paid extra in this little hotel room to have two separate beds. And I could just laugh thinking about like a bird's eye view of us just like sleeping in two separate beds on like this really romantic and celebratory vacation that we wanted to take together. And we didn't do that stuff until we were like three or four years in and felt like we had, you know, built up this strength and this courage to withstand the temptation. Um, But, oh, it's just, yeah, we had... (laughs) I feel like we experienced it all. Um, And honestly, I think we'd both do it again. I don't recommend dating for four and a half years. If you like, you know, if God calls you into it sooner, because it is like that scripture where it's like, it's better to wed than die from sexual (laughs) temptation or something. Like, I think it's true. The word is true. Um, But yeah, so We had an interesting journey. It was a daily choice. It was a daily surrender of our fleshly desires. We would honestly, like what worked for us was like, if we were struggling and if we were angry and if we were just like questioning everything, we would talk about it with one another. Um, And I, I, I firmly believe purity has to be first be a desire of your heart. And then it has to be a choice that you make before you can expect to like live it out when it comes to like, you know, the moments where you could maybe be tempted or 
the desires come to your head. Like you have to choose it. You have to invite God into that choice in order to have a firm foundation that will, you know, withstand the temptation and the desires. Um, And I had also read somewhere, I want to share this quote because I feel like it was really beautifully said. It says, sex is not a right, nor did God design it to define our identity. Our identity is in being a child of God. Sex is not meant to be a way to gain power or acceptance by someone. Men and women of God do not use sex as a means of gratifying their selfish desires, but instead lovingly as a means of serving one another in genuine intimacy and love within the covenant of marriage. Valuing valuing and pursuing purity will honor God and heighten the joy we experience in this wonderful gift. And I just think that's like a beautiful way of saying that don't give your boyfriend husband privileges. Um, Don't give your girlfriend wife privileges. It is a really beautiful thing to experience sexual intimacy within marriage, but it's spoiling it if you try to experience it on the other side of marriage and I believe that the fullness of sexual intimacy is on the side of marriage and that if we try to find it on the side of dating that we won't because I will never forget what it felt like when Blake and I stepped into our marriage covenant like I actually remember feeling it like feeling the power of it feeling God so close and I'm talking about like our wedding ceremony right now (laughs) not our wedding night But I truly, truly, truly remember being like, oh my gosh, this is holy and I get it. And like the word of God, you know, calling us to save ourselves for marriage isn't a punishment. It's a form of protection. And, and then on our wedding night, I remember like the weeks leading up to our wedding night, I would just look at my sisters or my best friend and just say like, I, my greatest prayer is that like, I don't feel shame you know, when I like look to my right and I see my husband laying in bed next to me or like I wake up the next morning, like after, um, you know, our wedding night. And I remember my sister was like, you're not going to like the, the grace of God and like the power of the covenant is so strong that like you will not. And I did not like I, Blake and I did the one thing we were (laughs) trying not to do for four and a half years. And it honestly felt like laugh at me, call me crazy, but it honestly felt like a form of worship to the Lord. And on our wedding night, we both got on our knees and prayed and thanked God. And Blake prayed over me and we listened to worship music before we did anything. And we cried and we offered ourselves to the Lord. And I gave that gift of my purity to Blake. And it was honestly one of the best moments ever. Um, not the actual like act of sex, but everything leading up. I mean, that was good too, but like everything leading up to it, it was like, I fought so freaking hard to give you this gift and I actually get to give you it now. And God is so good and his word is so true because this is such a beautiful thing. And it was honestly the coolest experience ever. And I just feel like I would be, you know, withholding something from you guys if I didn't share how worth it it was. And I hope that that acts as an encouragement too. Um, Because, yeah, giving Blake the gift of my purity and him doing the same for me was the greatest gift that we could have ever given each other. And knowing that, like, we waited for each other is seriously the coolest thing ever. And if that's not your story, it is not too late and you still can. And, you know, that may sound crazy to you and you may not understand that, but. God is in the business of restoring and redeeming. And so today, if you want to draw the line in the sand and be like, I want to fight for purity and dating, 
Or if you want to just fight for purity in whatever relationship you have in the future, like you don't have to be in a relationship where you feel like you're going to marry that person to make the choice. Like I made the choice when I was in sixth grade and it was a really, really amazing choice to make, but it was also a really, really hard one, but I'm so glad I did it. And just think about, think about having to look the man that God placed in your life to marry in the eyes. And, you know, like I had to do it. I had to look Blake in the eyes and tell him everything I had done. And that was really hard, but I'm so grateful that, you know, God was so close to me and I worked through that with him before, before I even talked to Blake about it. But, um, I just invite you to allow God to begin to, you know, work on that in your heart as well and begin to prepare you for whoever he has for you. Um, and if, you know, if your sexual past is a place of trauma, like, first of all, I'm so sorry and you're beautiful and you're loved and you're worthy of pursuing in a proper way and in a God honoring way. And you're just, yeah, you're so worthy of that. And so allow God into your heart to begin to restore and renew and prepare you for who he has for you. Um, cause that's seriously the greatest thing that we can do. And you don't have to be dating someone to do that. Um, and yeah, I just feel like if I can press that message on, like, prepare yourself for who he has for you and make that choice on your own so that you can make that choice together whenever you meet that person or, you know, God opens that door for you. So after all of this and the rambling on that I have done, which I'm so happy to do, I feel like this was a topic I really wanted to just nail. I wanted to go in depth. I wanted to make sure that, you know, I covered everything and we're not done yet. (laughs) This could, this could go on forever, but I just wanted to, if you're asking yourself, okay, like why would I choose this? Like why this kind of sounds like punishment. It kind of sounds like I'm going to miss out on some experiences or gaining experience. I know the world likes to say that that's important. Um, but I, kind of just wrote down like a bullet point list of why I would do it again and again and why I would choose purity again and again and why I would walk out the last eight years of my life, the good, the bad, the mountaintop, the valley, a million times over in choosing purity. And what I would tell you is because first and most importantly, it is honoring to God's word. And as believers, I believe that we must be honoring his word it protects you and your future significant other. It prepares you for the gift of marriage. And hear me when I say that marriage is seriously the coolest thing ever. It is the covenant of marriage and walking in it with the Lord and with my husband has been such a gift. And exploring intimacy, whether that's you know spiritually together or emotionally and also physically has been such a so worthy of waiting for like we waited four and a half years and I would wait probably 10 more if I had to because how good God has been to us in our three and a half months of marriage I mean obviously we're so new at it all but how good God has been is enough that I would choose purity in dating again and again um and yeah it protects our mind body and spirit And I firmly believe that soul ties are a very real thing. And I don't believe that 
the act of sex is meant for any other relationship than a marriage relationship because it's such a heavy, intimate, deep thing. And God created it to be that way. Sex was always his design and he created it to when two people become one. And I don't believe that the act of sex, that a dating relationship can hold the weight of it. And so God's commandment for us to not have sex until marriage isn't a form of punishment. And it's not God wanting us to miss out on it, all this experience or opportunity or the fun it can be. It's literally him protecting us saying what you're trying to do actually cannot withstand in the relationship that you're in. And you're actually really worthy of being one with someone and having that person choose you every single day for the rest of your lives. And sex was God's idea. Marriage was his idea. And marriage to me is God's gift to Blake and I to walk out this relationship of oneness and be in such a close unity and being pursue each other every single day as a mere image of the relationship that we'll have with Jesus one day in eternity and the oneness that we'll have with him. And that's why when, you know, the scripture that says a three strand cord is not easily broken, me, Blake and God, that relationship can withstand the weight of things like sexual intimacy. And that strand is not broken, but I don't believe that a dating relationship can withhold the weight of it. And, um, you know, the world always likes to say, well, you got to test drive the car before you buy it, meaning you need to sleep with someone before you decide to spend the rest of your life with someone. And I mean, I guess I can understand that if sex is everything to you in a relationship, but as Christians choosing God's best for, you know, my life and in my husband and trusting in the relationship that God wants to write in our lives and the story he wants to birth in us is way more important to me than testing out the car before I buy it because I firmly believe that Blake is God's very best in my life. So if Blake's, Blake is God's very best in my life, do, do I believe that that part of our relationship would just suffer? No. Do I believe that that part of our relationship, since we obviously are so new to it, has years of growing and exploring to do? Yes. Is it really beautiful to be able to do that with my husband in the confinements of marriage? Yes. It is seriously the coolest thing ever. And the intimacy that you can create in marriage when you're both following Jesus is so beautiful. And it runs over into every single aspect of our relationship. I would say that the emotional connection and the spiritual connection and the friendship that Blake and I have built is far more important to me than any physical aspect of our relationship. But because we're doing our best and some days we fall short, but we are trying our best to follow Jesus and what he has for our marriage that runs over into the physical aspect of our marriage. And I do feel like God blesses it because of that. Um, And seriously, like want to reiterate and sharing this, that I don't want anyone to feel shame from me sharing our story if it looks different than yours or just thinking about your your past or the choices you've made. Absolutely not. I have made bad choices too. I have fallen, but I'm here to tell you that God redeems and he restores and he renews and it's worth it and choosing purity is worth it. 
and you can do it. I have talked to a lot of people who are like, well, no, it just seems like impossible. Or once you've already experienced the beauty of sex, you're like, well, no, like I can't just go on without it. But I believe that God will make it even more beautiful when we choose what his word says is, is his best for us. And that is protecting us until we get married. And I don't know if I already said this already, but when I was dating Blake and we were going through that whole process and, you know, I am like so in love with my husband and he's a very handsome man. And so obviously I had a lot of desires and that's normal as humans. And those are, those are, I believe like that's from God too, but how we handle them in dating, you know, we, we need to handle them well, but what I would tell, what I would just say in my mind over and over again, and I would feel temptation crawling. It's like, okay, Macy, don't give your boyfriend husband privileges because one day that man's going to be your husband, or at least I wanted him to be. And I want to be able to give him a really beautiful gift that will, you know, honestly, it was like so, so worth it and so beautiful to be able to do that. And so I would set my mind on that. I would set my, I would try to pull myself out of, you know, the temporary satisfaction that it would bring me to set my eyes on our future and what God's word says. And every single time God would give me strength every single time. I feel like Blake and I have been asked so many times and I am like so happy to share about it. I'm sure Blake is too, just not yet on, on here, but, um, whenever people are like, well, how did you do it? And I mean, we seriously have like the best people around us who have championed us and encouraged us and honestly just like let us know that they're proud of us because it wasn't always easy and we're not sharing any of this in any way for you know any personal glory because it was all the Lord but people are like well was it so hard and you know I I thought my immediate answer to that question you know when Blake and I started dating nearly five years ago and being on this side of it would be like yeah it was the hardest thing we ever did but honestly it wasn't, um, we had our moments, but I feel like the right when we would like take ourselves out of it and fix our eyes on Jesus and the future, we would be okay. And, um, I, yeah, I feel like when we pulled ourselves out of it and got like an eternal vantage view of it and like locked eyes with Jesus and his word again, like we were okay. But if we just lingered in the moment where the temptation and the desire was hanging out, like we probably wouldn't have been okay. And maybe our story would have been a little different. And so the greatest piece of advice I can give you, be in his word, fix your eyes on Jesus. And I'm always here, seriously, always here. And so today I did just ask, I asked like an hour before I started recording. I should have done that sooner. Um, if you guys had questions over on um, the mornings with MJ Instagram and I got a couple and honestly, I feel like I maybe have answered them, but I want to just make sure I did. So there's a lot of questions like someone asked how to set boundaries and how to bring up that conversation. What are the boundaries that you guys had? What are good boundaries to have? How to set boundaries? I feel like that's everyone's question also how to maintain boundaries especially if you're if you know that you're going to marry your significant other and I said it before and I'll say it again but 
It needs to be a conversation that you have together. And I do recommend having that conversation early on in the relationship. Like, I don't think that there should be any secrets or anything that you're wondering about that early on. I do believe that dating with the intent of marriage is the best thing that we can do. And um, so we had that conversation early on. I do think that that's really beneficial to have it early on. And it needs to be a conversation you have together, but it also needs to end in you guys seeking discernment and wisdom from the Lord and asking him to convict your hearts in whatever ways you need to be convicted. I remember Blake and I praying about it. And then just, I remember literally looking at Blake and be like, conviction is crazy. Like it's, it's so cool. It's the knowing in your heart that maybe you shouldn't be doing something or the knowing in your heart that you need to do this or that. Um, and Blake and I asked the Lord to come in and convict us where we needed to be convicted. And he did. And it kind of, you know, set the trajectory of our dating relationship. And there were just things we knew like are completely off limits. And it honestly created the anticipation for marriage so much more than if we would have just been like exploring and doing all of the things that we knew we wanted to do in the confinements of marriage. And, um, I did, I think I did share like the, you know, some specifics, but Blake and I waited for marriage to live together. We waited to sleep in the same bed. We waited to obviously be intimate. Um, and there were, those were all like really important things to us. And then all the little things we definitely communicated with each other about, um, And then how long should you wait to have your first kiss? I cannot tell you. I don't know. Um, I feel like it's, yeah, I could never, ever give you like advice on that. Um, Just be careful because, you know, if kissing can lead to a lot of other things, that's all I'm going to say. And then, um, okay, let me read this next one. What would be a good way or example of, approaching your significant other and having the conversation about pursuing more purity in your relationship and keeping Christ first and dating for marriage and wanting to make it last, especially if you've messed up in the past. I would just be completely honest with that person. And if you have any inkling in your heart that they're not God's best for you, I would also consult with the Lord about that and ask him to speak to you on that and give you sight for that. Um, honesty is the absolute best thing. I remember when Blake and I first started dating, I obviously we had both shared that we were both virgins and that was important to us and, um, and waiting was important. And that was like, honestly, a first date conversation for me. Like I didn't really want to go into any depth of a relationship without that person knowing like, this is really important to me. This is my why. Um, and if you're not on the same page as me, like, I just don't think it'll work because there's a lot of non-negotiables for me. And when I was, you know, in my dating phase before Blake, like a person following the Lord and, you know, wanting the same things as me were my non-negotiables. And so if you feel like you've been dating this person for a while and you're maybe comfortable with them, but you haven't had these conversations and like the thought of having them scares you. My biggest piece of advice is to just have them 
let that let your boyfriend or your girlfriend know that purity is really important to you and you feel God convicting your heart on that and um, you want to pursue that and what that looks like and you need to but you have to be on the same page like one person can't desire purity while the other person has a skewed view of it and so um, you have to be on the same page I think and then how to maintain boundaries especially if you know that you're going to marry your significant other I would say that the best piece of advice is to just always, you know, be consulting with the Lord first. Okay, and then another question was um, how to maintain boundaries, especially if you know that you're going to marry your significant other. And this is a really good question because I feel like when Blake and I got engaged, we were like, oh, dang, like we're actually getting married now. Um but the same boundaries needed to apply. And I feel like I remember telling myself like, okay, yes, I'm going to marry him, but I haven't married him yet. And so the same rules apply. And when I would be tempted or, you know, the enemy wanted to come into my mind and be like, well, you are going to marry him. So it's fine. I feel like I've heard a lot of people say that too. Like, I know I'm going to marry him. So I'll just sleep with him now. But that's also such a skewed perspective because if you know you're going to marry him, It should be, you know, my experience was it made me want to preserve my purity and give him that gift so much more because I knew who I was giving it to. And so that was kind of what got me through it. I was like, okay, yeah, I know I'm going to marry you. And I know that this boy that I wrote about when I was 16 and that I've dreamt about forever now has a name and a face and a heart. And I actually get to give him this gift and I know who I'm giving it to that was like really profound for me. And then someone asked a question, was there ever a shift in y'all's relationship when you didn't want to win the virginity battle? Um, I would say no. Setting, being really like open and honest on the front end of our relationship and saying like, this is the non-negotiable. We never ever had a moment where we were like, oh, should we just do it? Or should we compromise? There was never a moment of that regarding like sex but I would say maybe sometimes we slipped with like the other stuff and I wish we wouldn't have because they all feel so related to me now especially like being on this side of marriage not that I've been on it that long I feel like I'm new to this side but um I feel like I've experienced it enough to know that like compromising your purity at all isn't worth it um but it kind of goes back to the other question that um, someone was asking about wanting to like have that conversation about purity and just reiterating how important it is to have it on the front end of your relationship so that there's no questions or there's nothing under the rug, you know, six months or a year down the road. And yeah, I feel like that is just super, super important. Um, And obviously I feel like everything on my podcast, I want it to begin and end with the word of God. And so um, there's just some scripture I want to read that just kind of goes over everything we talked about and kind of just takes it home a little bit better than I ever could because it's the word of God. Um, My favorite, one of my favorite scriptures is Philippians 4, 8, and it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. And if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And 
that scripture just brings my mind back to all of those things and you know how good God is and how good his commandments are and how the blessings are found in walking them out even though it's not easy and um also I feel like so many times this scripture has been used as like a scare tactic by some people in the church where it says flee from sexual immorality every other sin a person commits is outside the body but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body in 1 Corinthians 6, 18. And I do think that that can be a scare tactic. But to me, when I read that, it's not God saying like, oh, you know, you who is unclean. It's saying like, let me protect you. Flee from this as a form of protection. And my desire for, me, for you is to protect you. Um, and so... I feel like there's a lot of different ways to look at that scripture, but I just wanted to say like God's word is true. It's not, he's not out to get you. He's out to protect you. He's out to see you prosper and his word is good and his plans for you are even better. And so I just wanted to close in prayer over anyone who is listening. If this message, you know, hit home to you, if you feel like it resonated, I'm so grateful if you feel like you have questions and you're wrestling, I'm also so grateful because I feel like that opens the door for God to do a good work in our hearts. And so, Jesus, I just thank you. I thank you for the privilege of um, being a voice in other people's lives. Father, I thank you for um, whoever is listening to this right now. God, I just pray that you make your presence so known in their lives. Jesus, I pray that you give us all a deeper revelation of who you are who you call us to be and how true your word is and that you desire your people to, to flee from immorality and to be protected under your word. And Father, I just pray that you give us strength to follow you. I pray that you give us strength to follow what your word says. I pray that you make your word come alive in our lives, God. I pray for your absolute best in the son or the daughter that is listening on the other side of this right now, God. And we just thank you that you're good and that your plans for us are good. And Father, we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, you guys. I am seeing nearly an hour or more of recording time on my end right now. So um, <laughs> if you've stuck around this long, you are seriously the best. Um, and I hope it blessed you. I seriously do. I feel like I could honestly maybe do another podcast because I don't even know if I scratched the surface of my notes. And so if you feel like you have more questions, if you have thoughts, if you have questions for me, um, let me know. Let me know if it blessed you. I am so excited to be doing this. And if it, you know, touches one person, it's worth it for me. So I hope you guys have a blessed day, a blessed week. Wherever this finds you, I hope you're well and I will talk to you guys soon.